you know, what, what's worse than failing? I, I, I would submit not trying and never knowing. And, and that in and of itself is a failure because you never tried. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello. My name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Fred Duvac Jr. Joe and Fred met through a podcast directory that Joe uses to find interesting guests. She only invites a few to join her on the show and Fred made the cut. Fred Duvac Jr. has achieved extraordinary success in diverse realms. Born in West Virginia and raised in Pennsylvania, he has been inducted in the Pennsylvania Sports Hall of Fame for achievements for achievements in football, basketball, baseball and track. He graduated from the United States Naval Academy after lettering three years as quarterback for the midshipmen. After service as a naval officer, he transitioned to the business world where he, where he has held senior leadership positions in private and public companies, both domestically and internationally. Key successes include an international medical imaging startup that led to a successful IPO and forming a private medical service company, which he subsequently sold. From the playing field to the war room to the boardroom, his leadership and accomplishments have given him a distinct perspective and results-oriented mindset. Back to the studio. Today, I'm interviewing Fred Stuvek Jr., author of It Starts With You. And Fred, you're one of our international guests, aren't you? So welcome to the show. Well, uh, Joe, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. Lovely. So tell us a bit about who you are, what you do, and crucially, where you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I live in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is in the southeastern part of the United States. I was born in West Virginia, raised in southwestern Pennsylvania. Uh, I was fortunate to have a lot of offers for football and eventually decided to attend the Naval Academy. I played football there, lettered at quarterback for three years, and after graduation, I was commissioned and served in the United States Navy for five years. After my military service, I transitioned to the business world where I had a fairly diverse range of experience in both the public and private sector, including a successful IPO and later starting up and selling my company. I've also traveled quite extensively. I have nearly 7 million frequent flyer miles and recently have written a book and I'm talking to you now, Joe. So that's kind of the up-to-date report. (laughs) <laughs> so it sounds like a really diverse life and uh, lots of, as you say, sort of international experience. You said you've been to the UK, did you say 20 times? Probably 25 to 30 times, <laughs> both on yeah. on business. I've been to Hammersmith, Oxford, Royal Free Hospital, etc. 
in my former career when we were involved in a high technology startup and that technology is used in the United Kingdom around the, and around the world. Yeah. It was medical, medical technology. Uh, matter of fact, a lot of the research and leading work came out of the United Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, and, later, and, and later, my uh, older son went to school at University College of London. So I had the opportunity to, again, uh, get reacquainted with uh, the United Kingdom. I, I love the country and London's one of my favorite cities. It's very vibrant and you're never that far away from a pretty cool pub. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> I had some friends come over recently. In fact, uh, Jason was a guest on one of my podcasts right near the beginning, and uh, they were saying, "Are we going to go to a pub?" He's from Australia, and uh, he's like, "Are we going to go to an actual pub?" I was like, "Yeah, okay, then." I don't really go to the pub that often, but now I've got my international friends here. I need to go to one. <laughs> well, oh, you have to. It's like the the Rose and Crown, Duck and yes. Goose, and things like that. It's uh, exactly. really kind of quaint and a lot of fun. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So tell us, Fred, then, about why you do what you do. You, as you say, you've had a really diverse life. You've done lots of different things. You've had loads of, of experiences and you've traveled a lot. Why do you do what you do now? Well, anything I have done, I have done because I believed in it and I felt it was a good fit and it was something that would help make a difference. And and uh, I'm basically following the advice in my in my own book. Uh, now, in terms of, you know, why did I write this book right now? Uh, when I sold my company, I was trying to figure out next steps in terms of what are my goals. And I've always enjoyed mentoring young adults. And while I was sorting things out, I was asked to give talks, mostly around the area, a few out of state. And every time I would give a talk, somebody would come up to me and said, I really liked your talk where can I buy your book? And I said, I, you know, I didn't really, uh, I haven't written a book. And so I've been urged by several people to write a book and including my wife. And I always try to listen to her. It makes for a healthy relationship. <laughs> uh, I then looked at a number of self-help books out there and I, I wanted to take a different approach, Joe. Uh, my, I, I believe that my experience and background in the sports and the military and the business world has given me a unique and distinct perspective and I'm not trying to be you know brag right here but I've I've been there and done that in a number of areas and there were some principles and attributes that are common through throughout and you know you've probably heard the phrase you have to believe in yourself you have to have confidence uh, things like that Mm. And anybody ever tell you how to do that? And when you talk about success, it's really not one thing. It covers a range of issues that need to all be in sync. So my goal was to put together a unique approach that was not only comprehensive, but specific by getting into what what's important, why it is important, and most importantly, how you do something about it. Now, I've mm. arranged it in such a manner that each one builds on the other with the first chapter being the most important and then the next one and the next one. And I envision this as a kind of a life coach in, prevent, in print to provide someone with, you know, the, the instructions or the guidance on how to, you know, un, you know, how to find out 
what they want to do, how to unlock their potential and build a foundation for success. And then they could later use this as a reference manual or resource later on. For example, if they're having issues with communication, they could go to my communication chapter. If they're having a pretty tough time, they could go to my chapter on how to handle adversity, things like that. And mm -hmm. that's why, that's why I wrote it, Joe. Mm-hmm. So I uh, said to you earlier, I have started to read it. I haven't uh, finished it yet, but uh, I, I was just flicking through before uh, we came on to speak and uh, remembered that I highlighted a paragraph right in the um, in the preface, um, which I just thought was um, uh, just something that I, I needed to highlight. <laughs> and yes. uh, it, it said it said life is about decisions. You're not a victim of circumstances. The life you're living is the life you have created, which is based on the decisions you've made and the habits you've formed. And, you know, I love that. And I think that's, you know, one of the reasons why you're on the podcast today. <laughs> 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 so um, so tell us a bit more about the main ideas of the book. And you talked about how it sort of builds each section builds on the previous. So how, how is it structured and, and you know, what, what's in there for people? Yes, well. You know, in, in the book, I use the term mindset and habits. Okay. For example, if you think about it, how, how you think and how you act determines really who you are. Mm -hmm. So developing the habits and the mindset for success in the right way is very important. And, and I believe that you, you can uh, train your mind and condition it just like any other muscle in the body. And if you train and condition your mind for success and, and fulfillment and develop good habits and follow through in the right way in a persistent and continuous manner, you, you will be successful. And, and that is the, developing the mindset and the habits for success and a plan with goals and having the discipline to follow through and execute the plan and develop the right skills is basically the premise of this book. Now, getting back to mindset, Joe, that's very important. For example, I'm sure it's happened to you and for those listening in your audience out there. If you approach something with thoughts like, I don't think this is a good idea, or I, I, I don't think it's going to work out, or you have trepidation or fear going into it, and you, you're feeling kind of at sorts about it, well, it's probably not going to go that well. However, if you've trained and planned and prepared, and, and, and you're ready to go, and you walk, before you walk into that meeting or that event or whatever it is you're doing, and you tell you got yourself right, you got your mind right, and you go in there and you say, I got this. Your chances for meeting the challenge and being successful are increased. Now, having said that, Joe, things don't always go well. I mean, when, you know, life is a series of wins and losses. So when you try something, if it goes well, that's great. Okay, you build on that. And if it doesn't, well, that's a loss. Not everybody who tries to make a goal makes a goal. Not everybody who, who, who does something 
you know, succeeds at what they're doing. Michael Jordan missed a lot of baskets in his life, a lot of shots, but still made a lot of points. But every time you make a mistake, you have to learn from that and build on it, not make that same mistake again and use it as a learning experience. And that's pretty much, again, describes what my book is about. And I do give specifics about how to develop the skills, what's important, why it's important. And I have it arranged in such a manner that it can be used uh, every day. I have some people that tell me, a young woman came up to me at the gym when I was working out and she said, Fred, I loved your book. She said, I'm in sales. I take it with me. It's in my briefcase. And whenever I'm having a particular problem or issue, I refer to that chapter and reinforce those issues that you say are very important because Joe, it's all about the basics. You have to constantly remind yourself and reinforce it. Otherwise, yeah. why practice, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so the book's divided into three sections. Um, so the first one's about finding something you believe in and getting good at it. The second one is about associating with successful people and organizations. And the third is to persevere and adapt and, and never give up. So, um, as you say, quite distinct areas. And I can see how they they do build on each other. Um, I guess I'm, I'm a bit of a, a sort of self-improvement junkie, if you like. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll read, you know, books all the time and, and you know, read articles and, and think about how to to do things better and reflect and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, you know, there's a, a lot of people out there doing that too. But how how do how do you help people who don't perhaps start with that in mind? Because I I sort of think that people who who have that sort of positive outlook and, and are looking to improve all the time, it's probably, you know, reasonably simple <laughs> for them to do so because that's what they're focusing on. But how, how do we help people who perhaps don't see that they can improve, that, that it is too difficult or, or whatever. How, how, how do you do that? Well, I mean, sometimes you just have to get some, get some focus, uh, seek some guidance and you, you have to look inside of yourself. You have to decide what is it you like to do. And that's why my first chapter is believe when, when someone tells me, you know, I don't know what to do or I'm doing this. First question I ask them is, do you believe in it? Because Joe, if you believe in what you're doing and you believe in yourself, that those two issues, those two ingredients are essential for success. Because if you don't believe in yourself, how do you expect anybody else to believe in you? So believing in yourself means developing confidence, but also means developing the skills that are necessary to do what you want to do. Now, in terms of belief, this should be something that resonates with your value system and your reward system extrinsically and intrinsically. Having said that, the next issue is, is it a good fit? For example, if you are an introvert and you want to go into sales because you want to make a lot of money, that may not be a good decision if you cannot develop the skills that are essential for sales or a workaround. You know, so as a result, it has to be 
you know, a, a good fit. But then after that, you have to have a plan. You have to have goals. What are your goals to get to where you want to do? And what is your plan? And then you have to commit and, and, and execute and ditch the excuses. Yeah. So that's all about the bit about believing in something and, and getting good at it. Um, what what about the, the the next bit then, and the bit about getting involved with with other people? Once we've done, you know, so we've done the bit. We've, you know, we've 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 got clear ourselves. We, you know, we're we're heading in the right direction, all that sort of thing. Where does the other people bit come in? Well, you know, the the second thing, second part of it, when I say associate with successful people, organization, that's part of your development phase. Uh, I think people sometimes lose lose sight of the fact that when you are interviewing with a company, okay, there's the company, but the person that you are interviewing with and you're going to report to that's going to be your boss or whatever term is being used in that organization, for all practical intents and purposes, that purpose, that person is the company because you're going to be spending a lot of time with that person. That person is going to have a great deal of influence on you. Now, if you're sitting there in the interview and that person, he or she is constantly looking at their watch, checking their email, texting, going, uh-huh, uh-huh, and not paying much attention to you, that's kind of a signal, Joe, because that means if they're doing this now, what are they going to do with you at work? So you have to think about the person that you are going to be working with. And you also have to look at, can I learn from this person? Will they make me a better individual? Will they help me develop my skill set? And again, will it be a good learning experience? And, and the other system, the other thing is to look at the company or the organization. Uh, you know, look look at the management team, the founders, whatever. What you know, where are their backgrounds, what are their what are their uh, you know likes, uh, uh, skill set, etc. For example, Joe, if you if you're someone that's laid back and maybe type B and you're going to the company that's 80% of them are ex-military, it may not be a good fit for you if you know what I mean. Mm. So you have, you have to have a good fit. And then I also talk about the skill sets that are, that are, that are needed uh, in terms of uh, developing you as, a, as an individual. You know, I talk about, uh, I talk about the, uh, learning and, and, and quotients. When I talk about quotients, I'm talking about emotional quotients. Uh, I mean, there are different terms used, but it's basically your ability to empathize, react, and relate to people. And 80% or more of our success in life is determined by your emotional quotient. And I think many companies are looking at this right now. They're actually testing for it. And, and you know, if you, and, and you can develop your uh, you can develop your uh, uh, emotional quotient. I mean, that's where you get into learned behavior. Uh, you know, when you talk about learned be learned behavior, uh, th this isn't something that you're just born with. You're not born. I don't believe that you're born as a natural leader. I certainly believe it's a matter of nurture versus versus nature. So th this is something and the skills that are ingrained and developed over time. And another thing I talk about is communication skills, the types of communication, the barriers to communication. And people sometimes lose sight of the fact that most of our communication is nonverbal. You go in, look them in the eye, smile, stand up straight, don't slouch, uh, maintain, you know, 
good attitude and, and just that's very important. A lot of people, you know, lose sight of that. And, you know, another issue is that you having a mentor is, is, is important. When I talk about a mentor, that's someone that you can talk to and bounce ideas off. Now that'll happen. It's either formal or informal. It could be formal through a company or through a military division or whatever, or it could be informal by you asking someone for advice. And over time, a relationship will be formed, but having that mentor will give you a different view of things and, and help bridge the gap between your perception of things and what would really happen because mm-hmm. they've been there, done that and made them and made some mistakes, but you can learn by the, from their mistakes and, and, and their advice. And where do you find mentors? How do you know that they're the, the right people to, to, to have that mentoring relationship with? Well, all of mine have happened just through talking with someone. You, you, you start to talk to someone and you find out that you kind of connect, you know, and, and then, you know, you might have a common background or whatever, but your personality set matches there. They have that experience. They're older than you are in most cases. And then what they end up, what you end up doing is sometimes you will maybe ask them a question. They'll give you an answer. Then you bounce ideas off them. And over time, a relationship will be formed. And sometimes, and I've done this a few times, I will see a young man or woman that I believe has a lot of potential and that I can help. For example, I was working out at the gym one day and I was talking to a young man. I I really, I like this guy. He, He had a good emotional quotient. But he had an unrealistic view about life and his what he wanted to do. And he had really no idea. You know, he was going to be this or that, but really wasn't fit for it. So I spent some time talking to him. And when he for his graduation present, I offered him an employment contract with my company for three years. And I said, you come on board. You can work for me for three years. And then. After that, you can decide what you want to do, but I think it'd be a good experience for you. And it turned out it went quite well. When I sold my company, he ended up doing something else. He now has his own business in Atlanta, doing quite well, married, has two kids. So, I mean, that's just one example. So it it happens either, Joe, informally, you seeking somebody out, or sometimes you just run into people and it makes the, one of the biggest differences in your life. Yes. Yeah, that sounds, well. Sounds like he it was a massive difference for him by by the sound of it, especially starting from a position of not really knowing what he wanted to do, or or as you say, having an unrealistic view at the time. Well, Joe, so, Joe, one of the one of the important things is, particularly for young people, is to be open, is to be open to advice, and and to be open to constructive criticism. Yeah, you, you know, you're, yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna learn unless you people are gonna be honest with you. So you have to be able to listen and and take input from others and not be defensive about it yes yeah yeah so the third part of the book is is about um not giving up it's about perseverance and and adaptation and it strikes me that there's there's stuff in there around 
creating habits and and you've talked already about self-discipline and um and that sort of whole mindset piece what what sort of advice do you have around creating those routines and rituals to enable people to sort of implement whatever it is they want to do and, and keep moving forward well in that third part i believe my first chapter is on adversity and you know, if things are going well right now and business is, is, is fine and everything's good in your personal and professional life and all that, well, just wait. Things are going to change because something's going to happen. And how you deal with adversity could be viewed as the single biggest challenge in your life. And, and rather than fighting it or getting too emotional, upset about it. You have to understand that it's a learning experience. It's a challenge to be overcome. It imparts perspective and enables you to develop that resiliency, which is so necessary throughout your life. So you, there's a tough situation, Joe. You just have to accept what's going on, understand, get the facts, maintain your composure and plot a course. And that's where that strong belief in yourself and what you do is so important. And also, you can't be afraid to, to fail. Uh, you know, what, what's worse than failing? I, I, I would submit not trying and never knowing. And, and that in and of itself is a failure because you never tried. So mm -hmm. you, you have to just learn from your losses and don't dwell on it and, and you know, move on. And when I, when I talk about that, the habits and, the, you know, the, the, the fundamentals and I mean, these are the small things that you do every day. Joe, you're, you're, you know, when you wake up in the morning, Joe, you, you don't say, what am I going to do tomorrow? You have a pretty good idea about what you want to do. So it's, it's all about the routine and it's all about establishing your, your rhythm. You know, you've heard the expression, you have to be, you, you know, we are all creatures of habit. Well, we want to be creatures of good habit. And, uh, and, you know, the more you practice and that's that, Joe, that's a common denominator in, in the military and in sports, which I think are good learning grounds for for the business world, because you drill and practice day in and day out. And what this tends to do is it reinforces these processes or these plans. You train your mind and the body will follow and it conditions you to act in the right way and to execute the plan or the mission. And you work together as a team, which is the definition of pretty much what business is. But that's also important because when you're under stress and you're under adversity, you are, you have a default mode and you default to, to how you've been trained. There's a saying that you, 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 you either rise or fall to the level of your training Well, you want to rise to the level of your training. And that's why it is, it is so important. And then, the, you know, the, the, the one thing I talk about too, in the fundamentals, section you may have heard that term discipline is freedom well i mean that's not a new term aristotle the greek philosopher coined that term thousands of years ago and if you look at someone who's successful one of the traits all of them have in common is being disciplined it's a necessary trait it gives you the will to get outside of your comfort zone and to take the actions that you need to improve yourself mm. and if you don't have discipline you have excuses you you won't face the challenges You'll become stagnant. You'll never step out of your comfort zone and you will, uh, you're relegated to a lifetime of mediocrity. 
So just with anything else, discipline is a learned behavior. And in the book, I talk about how to develop your discipline and how to develop that focus and, and, and how to adhere to the, to the new regimen. Because over time, if you do this and you do what I say, those small successes will mount up. The bad habits will be abandoned. The good habits will be developed. And then you'll be, you'll be in control because discipline does equal freedom. So how do you make the argument to or develop in people that, that want freedom and, and feel like they have freedom because they're not disciplined? How do you, how do you turn that around so that they understand that? Um, is it a tenet? Is that the word? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I, in the in the book, I I say that one of the things important is you you have to define what you want to do and why you want to do it, and then you have to develop a plan and move forward. Now, one of the things that you want don't want to do is you don't want to set yourself up for failure. When I say set yourself up for failure, you, you might start off with these with this with these big goals. Well, wh- while you have two or three goals along the way, there are a series of of objectives with milestones or timelines that you have to meet. So make them realistic, knock them off one at a time and develop a routine and stick with it. And you have to understand that over time, there are going to be issues that that are going to get in your way, obstacles that occur, but you have to anticipate, visualize and overcome. And you know, you, you can do it, but you have to make a commitment to follow through, track your progress, and get rid of the excuses. Yeah. So we talked about adversity a little while ago. What What about for you, if you have a bad day, what do you actually do so that you can sort of push through that? Well, if things go, if things don't go right, that's, as we all know, it's that's sometimes not the case. I mean, you look, <laughs> You, you look at, you know, you look at what went wrong, you know, why it went wrong. And you always have to take a critical view of things. You know, what could have been done differently or better? And you have to look at yourself. Maybe it's something you did. There is nothing wrong with you saying it's my fault or I made a mistake. That's not that's not a problem. The problem is when you, you keep making the same mistake over and over again. So you simply use it as a learning experience. Try to avoid not making the same mistake. Don't dwell on it. Learn on it. Learn from it and move on. Put it behind you. Don't dwell on it. Get, mm-hmm. get rid of that negativity in the back of your mind. Use it as a learning experience. Build on it and move on and push forward. Yeah, yeah. So, what what about you and um, developing yourself? And obviously, you've you've written a book and, and shared uh, you know of of the wisdom that you've you've learned and built up over the years how have you made sure that you've you've continued to learn throughout your career and your life yeah that's a that's a that's a good question Uh, well if you there there are different types of learning joe i mean there's the books documentaries are are excellent uh, way to learn too I, i enjoy watching documentaries but you know one of the things that i do and this is what i'm doing now uh, with the book and i'm actually doing it again is i try to make a conscious effort 
to get out of my comfort zone. And I make a point in the book several times. You know, you heard the expression, no pain, no gain. Well, yep. no discomfort, no growth. You have to get out of your comfort zone and do something different and new. Okay. And it has to be challenged, but it also has to be something that you believe in that is a good fit for you that you enjoy doing and can make a difference. So when we went through this IPO thing and it went well, I, I tried the retirement uh, route that lasted about three months. So I'd always <laughs> wanted to, I'd always wanted to start up my own company. So, and I even had a folder with the name of the company that it was going to be, if I ever started, it was going to be called Trident as a, as, as a, uh, uh, you know, deference to my, time at the Naval Academy, they had a Trident club there and always liked the Trident. So I started up a company and uh, from, from scratch, from scratch. And, you know, I had it for several years. And that was a rewarding experience when you're having to make payroll and robbing Peter, not, not <laughs> look at the SEC or somebody. I mean, not robbing Peter, but when you move, when you're, when you're moving money around, it, it, it's, it's, it's a challenge. It, re, it really is. But you, you, you learn a lot and I definitely did something new and it was something that gave me uh, some good experience because you learn from doing, there was a saying, I, I, I have it in my book is now I'm, I may not have this saying, right? Joe, my book in front of me. Benjamin Franklin said something like, uh, tell me and I tell me and I forget, teach me and I learn, involve me and I remember. Well, the more you are involved in something, the more you remember and the more you, you learn. So after I sold my company, I was trying to sort out what to do. And that took a little bit of time. I tried a few things, but I didn't really believe in it. And I didn't think it was uh, something that was, would, would motivate me. And, and uh, so I got into the book, book thing and I, I wrote the book. I went at it in the exact same way I do everything else. The first thing I did is I, I didn't look at how to write a book. I looked at what mistakes do first time authors make. I spent mm -hmm. a lot of time researching that because that's how you learn. So yeah. I, and I went through that and then I, I went through a pretty rigorous process with the book. I didn't want any mistakes. I subcontracted everything out. I wrote every word myself, but I, I wanted a perfect product. So I used two editors, which is unusual. I used one in Knoxville. And then once that editor was done with it and we'd finished it, I sent it to Phoenix and had another editor look at it. Right. So I'm hopeful that my goal was not for there not to be one typo one misspelled word or one sentence or expression out of syntax in the book. And I, I think I've done that, but someone told me that there has never been a book written that doesn't have a typo. Now, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, I don't know if that's true or not, Joe, but uh, somebody, somebody told me that. So, so, you know, what I'm working on trying to get word of the book out. You can have the best book in the world, but if no one knows about it, they can't buy it. So, yeah. and that's why I'm doing this, this, this social media mm -hmm. thing. And, th and thank you again, Joe, for having me on my show, because I would like for our friends in the United Kingdom, our, uh, we have a close relationship with that country. I, I, love, I love the UK to take a look at, my, you know, th this book and maybe it can help some of your listening audience. 
But one of the things I wanted to do, and this is the way I wrote the book, I intended this not as something that was management theory, but was that someone could actually put into practice. I wanted it to be a learning experience and a resource for someone. So my next goal was in, in concert or in tandem with promoting my book is to have this thing taught at one of the leading graduate business programs in the country and for me to be an instructor there. Now, that sounds kind of, you know, it sounds like, well, how's that going to get done? Well, yeah. it's interestingly, I mean, the book's only been out a couple months, but um, uh, there'll be a press release coming out probably in January, but I'm actually flying out to, to meet with someone at this school, the, the dean, and we're going to put together a, a program where my book will be used and incorporated into the curriculum. And I will be a, uh, I'll, I'll be on the, I'll be on campus giving talks, lectures, conducting classes, things like that. And wow. <laughs> the reason I wanted to do that, number one, is because I believe that this is essential for some of those young people out there. And this is, that's my, my target audience, but anybody who wants to improve and is willing to make that commitment would value, would, would benefit from this book. But I've never been in, I mean, I've given talks all over the world, but I've never been a teacher at a school. And I always wanted to do that because I, I like working with young people. So that's just another example of me trying to learn and do something by putting myself out there. Now, mm. is there a, is there a bit of inconvenience and maybe even a bit of discomfort involved? Because yeah, this is new to me. I've never done it. How am I going to do and all that? Well, I'm gonna. I'll just take a. I'll just follow the advice of my book, and it's going to go well. You know, planning and preparation are the keys to success. I will have a good mindset. I'll. I you know I have good habits that can always be better, but it will go well. And and so I'm very pleased that that's happened. So that's those are kind of my my two pronged initiatives right now is to uh, get this uh, incorporated into a leading business school in the in in the United States, and then get uh, information on the book out around the world. And the, the next thing I have planned is in Japan in 2019 the book will be available and translated in in Japan. Uh, one of my sons lives in Berlin. One lives in Tokyo. So I go to Japan quite a bit. Well, not quite a bit. I go twice a year, but the 14 hour time reference is quite compelling, Joe. <laughs> but, 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 and so that's kind of what I'm doing. Okay. And will it be coming out in German soon as well? <laughs> you know, uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so because they, they speak such good English over there. They yes, really do. Yeah, there, yeah. there are more Germans that speak excellent English than there are Americans that, that, that speak excellent German. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's, so it's so it's not it's not really uh, re required. Now, no. is that a possibility one day? Yes, if somebody comes to me and said, "Look, Fred, this will really help if you do this," and and we recommend it. Then I'll take a serious look at it. You know, you, you, you know, you always have to be open to new ways and new ideas of doing things. But at this time, no plans, but I remain mm -hmm. open minded. <laughs> so we're just moving into the last couple of questions of the podcast. So um, to, to ask one of the questions that I ask of all my guests is um, what are your uh, top tools or apps for doing what you do? Well, I'm not a. I'm not a real apps guy. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, I, I have 
goals uh, that I have, you know, you only have two, I mean, you have two or three goals. And so I put, you know, I have objectives together and I, you know, I kind of keep track of that, but in terms of, you know, I, I have different ways of doing that. I like a list. I use post-it notes. I, I, I yeah. group, things. I, I group things. I like the numbers three, five, and 10 for whatever reason. So everything I do is either three, five, or 10, because if there are, if I have three things to do, I can find one or more to do. If yeah. I have five, then you can find a few more. So I, you know, I tend to use three, five, and 10 to, to give me, give me focus, but uh, in no particular order, I, I use I use Microsoft Outlook. I do a lot of communication by email and I have numerous yeah. folders and files and I keep them in a logical and consistent, you know, filing manner. And yes. this re reduces the amount of searching I have to do. If there's something in my inbox that I need to do, but can't or don't want to get it to it right away, I just simply flag it. I, I use Microsoft Word, of course, and PowerPoint for presentations. Sometimes I use Excel. Now on the on the book thing that was quite a project, so I, I used uh, I used Reiki, W R I K E for for writing a book. So any oh. first time any first time authors out there, take a look at Reiki, W R I K E. It is, you know, I'm always I'm, I'm sometimes leery of these organization tools and and all that because yeah. sometimes considering the scope of what you're doing versus the scope of what you have to put into it is it, it, there's actually a disconnect in terms of the, the labor involved and the time involved when you could just simply write the thing down. But yeah. no, but this, the Reiki was, was excellent. Now, you know, Joe, before the show, before the show started, we talked about social media. Joe, I, I was, I was a ghost before this thing. <laughs> and you know, what did Darwin say? It's not the strong that survive. It's those who adapt. It was pretty clear to me that I had to adapt and use social media. So, Joe, I embrace social media. So, <laughs> Very uh, it, it's, it's on my website. You know, all the links uh, to my website, uh, it starts with you, is all the links are there. And, you know, the other app I use is uh, I use Hootsuite some for yeah. social, social media scheduling and mm -hmm. posting. But I'm still trying to get a, you know, handle on all this you know, social media thing. I like LinkedIn because everybody there seems to be more consistent. They're, uh, you know, they're, it's, it's a pretty stable network. When yeah. they tell me that the average, was it someone said the average posting or lifetime of a post on Twitter is what, 45 minutes or something like that? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. So, I mean, yeah. something sometimes people are talking over themselves. And with all this Twittering going on, I, you know, it's it's hard to to get the message out there. So I, but I'm on Twitter and Instagram, and I I just signed up on Facebook about a week ago. Yeah. Uh, are you on Facebook? I am. Yes. Yes. <laughs> will, you, will you, Joe? Will you be my friend? Oh, of course I will. Yes. Oh, yes. I will send you a request. <laughs> Thank you. You, you. you will be. I think you will be number four or five. <laughs> That's brilliant. So That's brilliant. Yeah, you're the top ten now, Joe. Congratulations. <laughs> Lovely. So to to finish, tell us about a day when you end the day knowing you've had the chance to live more. So that's when I say you get to do more of what you want to do and less of the things that you feel you should do or you have to do. What does that day look like? I just adhere to the routine. I uh, I look at what I did. I try to improvise, adapt, and overcome as needed. 
And I write my little post-it note down. I check my to-do list and wake up the next morning with a positive outlook. And uh, I just remember at the end of the day, even though the book is, it starts with you, it's, it, that talks about accountability, accountability initiative. It's not about you. It's, it's about what you can do to help other people, to work with other people, to make this a better world. And most importantly, you have to take care of your family because there's nothing more important than family. And those are my priorities. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Thank you. So thanks, Fred. It's been it's been great talking to you. Tell people how they can find out more about you, connect with you and, and find out more about the book. Well, as I said earlier, Joe, I have embraced social media. So for those <laughs> listening, uh, what's the term they use? Uh, let's connect. OK, but anyway, <laughs> I, I have a I have a, a, a website uh, on the book. It's called it starts with you dot net. It's the same title. Uh, it's the title of the book. It starts with you.net. Now on it, there's information, a short bio on yours truly. You could read the preface of the book and the adversity chapter uh, on there. There are uh, links to uh, where the book can be uh, purchased. It's available on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, and, you know, Apple iTunes, etc. If you have a chance, I would encourage your listeners to go to Amazon, look at the reviews. I did not pay these people to write the reviews. I have nearly three dozen and they're all stellar. And on my website, I have uh, links to all of my social media, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and most recently, Facebook as of about 10 days ago. <laughs> Lovely. Excellent. Thank you, Fred. Thanks for joining me. Okay, Joe, it's been a pleasure, and I wish you a, I would say happy Thanksgiving, but that doesn't really apply uh, to the UK, but I would say have a great week and a great weekend, okay? Lovely, thank you. Okay, bye-bye. All this information is available in the show notes on the website. If you go to the link powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 88, you'll find the show notes there. Don't forget that you can also go to the website if you want to sign up to get my weekly newsletter, which has tools and tips and uh, links to these shows and also some useful content that I've shared during the week as well. If you just go to powertolivemore.com on the right hand side you can see that you can download my five fundamentals checklist and that'll get you onto that list. And obviously you can also subscribe on iTunes and also, or should I say, Apple Podcasts and also via other places like SoundCloud and Stitcher and so on. It's always great to get reviews. So if you enjoy listening to the podcast, I'd really appreciate you going to the web page. You can just go to the show notes and use the link that says uh, leave a review and that will take you through to the Apple podcast so that you can do that. I'm just getting back into the swing of things after the Christmas and New Year break. I just had to go back and listen to my last podcast to check where I've got to with the tools for you. And actually, I have two to share with you, or at least two resources to share with you today. The first is uh, the app that I shared over the holiday, and that was Google Maps. And I guess that you may already be using Google Maps. I was traveling during Christmas and it prompted me to recommend it. We do have an up-to-date sat-nav in our car, but I actually I think that Google Maps is far better. And, and that's because a few months ago, I was driving home via the M20 in Kent, where we live, and all the signs on the road said that the M20 was closed. It's, there's just tons of roadworks on there at the moment, and it's quite often closed 
overnight and at the weekends and so on. Um, so that wasn't an unusual thing to see. But Google Maps kept directing me along the M20 and not turning me off at all the signs that said the diversion. And I know the, the area, so I knew that these were the places I should be turning off if uh, the, the road was closed. Uh, but it, the Google Maps said to keep just going straight on. So with some trepidation, I have to say, I did carry on along the motorway um, with about two other cars. <laughs> Everyone else had turned off. And I found out that they hadn't yet shut it. All the signs said they had, but I, um, but they hadn't. And Google Maps clearly knew that. So I didn't have to take a detour. And I got home as quickly as usual. And I do think that um, it, it is sort of so up to date uh, that, you know, it does adjust as you're driving. I mean, one of my friends doesn't like it because she says she likes having the sat enough telling her it's going to take three hours and she gets there in two hours 54 or something. <laughs> so that's a nice surprise. Whereas uh, if you use Google Maps, you know exactly what time you're going to get there because it changes as you drive along depending on the traffic conditions. But I certainly feel that it has helped me to divert around traffic issues uh, in the best way uh, when I use it. So I tend to use it all the time now. So that's the first app to recommend. The, the second one isn't actually an app. It's the post that I put on to the website last week, which includes 10 apps that I shared over some of the time during last year. And I've decided to post them all onto some posts so that they're all in one place. And I did the first one last week and I'm going to do another one for you next week. And then uh, I'll have a, another break and then do another one after that. Uh, so if you go to my website, which is powertolivemore.com, then you'll find that there is a post which will give you 10 apps to uh refer to that I have explained over the newsletter in the last year they probably weren't on the podcast because I've only really started doing this in the last few months but um, just to give you a flavor I talk about uh, how important smartphones are I talk about rev.com which is a transcription service but also will do uh, audio recording on your phone missing letter which has been recommended on one of the podcasts uh, a while ago from Sharon Gaskin which helps you to uh, schedule social media posts for your blog. Uh, I talk about SaneBox, which helps you to organise your email. And Haiku Deck, if you're uh, making PowerPoint presentations and, and general speaking uh, decks, and you like to use the ones that just have images and, and less in the way of words, um, then there is a really good tool called Haiku Deck, H-A-I-K-U, that um, you can use to create really amazing uh presentations using sort of creative commons imagery and so on from the web that it just pulls in automatically for you. Uh, Wave if you are making short audio clips and want to use them for social media and Evernote which I've used for ever as a note taking and note storage place online and then Pocket if you read articles and you want somewhere to keep the articles that will enable you to read them offline and also share with your social media from there. So that was a very quick rundown of the ones that are actually included on this first post which is entitled Useful Apps and Resources Part 1. And I'll put a direct link for you to save you looking through because I've got uh, 30 days of inspiration running at the moment, as you may know, which uh, means that there's a blog post every day. So it'll take you a while perhaps to scroll through to find this one. So if you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash useful apps one, then that will take you directly to the post that lists each of those that I've just mentioned to you. And again, the show notes for this show are also on the website. So that's powertolivemore.com forward slash 88. And we look forward to speaking to you next week. 
use your power to live more.